engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life, one of the world's largest pro-life organizations. Welcome to our time of prayer together and scripture reflection. Let's go into the presence of the Lord now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, bless us. Bless your people. Bless America. Bless the church. Bless our leaders. Bless our candidates for public office. Bless our families, Lord God, as we seek to serve you as the local church, the domestic church. Give us strong leaders, both in the church and in the state, and forgive us our sins as we renew today our willingness and commitment to follow you in all things, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. What a reading we have today here from the book of Genesis, chapter 22, the sacrifice of Isaac. Let's read. A reading from the book of Genesis. God put Abraham to the test. He called to him, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son Isaac, your only one, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a burnt offering on a height that I will point out to you. Early the next morning, Abraham saddled his donkey, took with him his son Isaac and two of his servants as well, and with the wood that he had cut for the burnt offering, set out for the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham got sight of the place from afar. Then he said to his servants, Both of you stay here with the donkey while the boy and I go, over, go on over yonder. We will worship and then come back to you. Thereupon, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two walked on together, Isaac spoke to his father Abraham. Father, he said. Yes, son, he replied. Isaac continued, Here are the fire and the wood, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? Son, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the sheep for the burnt offering. Then the two continued going forward. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. Next, he tied up his son Isaac and put him on top of the wood on the altar. Then he reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the Lord's messenger called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he answered. Do not lay your hand on the boy, said the messenger. Do not do the least thing to him. I know now how devoted you are to God since you did not withhold from me your own beloved son. As Abraham looked about, he spied a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the site Yahweh Yireh. Hence, people now say on the mountain, the Lord will see. Again, the Lord's messenger called to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did in not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly, 
and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies, and in your descendants all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. Abraham then returned to his servants, and they set out together for Beersheba, where Abraham made his home. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Scripture says Abraham is our father in faith. He believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. St. Paul takes up this theme later on and says, though, this points to Christ. Our faith in Jesus Christ is credited to us as righteousness. We don't earn salvation. Yes, we do works related to salvation, works that flow from faith. Faith without works is dead, as St. James tells us. But we are saved through faith. And Abraham gives us the example of that. Initially because at 100 years old with his wife at 90, he believed God. He initially laughed, and that's why Isaac has his name, because it means laughter. He laughed at this. So did Sarah. Uh, this idea that they could not only bear a child, but have descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky or the sands of the seashore. But God said, you trust me. I'm the God of life. I bring life out of death. This is why we're pro-life. And now, imagine the degree of faith that, that God is is, is, is pulling out of Abraham. Abraham, the word himself, the name itself, God had changed his name. You will be a father of a, of a multitude of nations. And now that son, who himself represented the fulfillment of that promise, wow, God did it. He was right. We did conceive in our old age. Now he asks him to sacrifice him. What's going on here? Well, what's going on here, as I often tell you, is like everything that is said and done throughout the Old Testament scriptures, it's a prophecy of Jesus Christ and of how we are saved in Him. Not just the faith, but the sacrifice. Look what's happening here. You see in this passage we just read, you can see Good Friday. You can see Calvary. You can see the way of the cross. Abraham here is representing God the Father. Take your son, your only one, Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, and sacrifice him. What does Paul say to the Romans? God loved us so much, he handed his son over to death on the cross. How can that be? How can a loving father hand his son over to death? Well, in the case of Jesus Christ, it was because the Father inspired him with so much love. This happens eternally within the Trinity. But he inspired him with so much love as to give his life freely for us. No one takes my life from me, Jesus says. I lay it down freely. I have the power to lay it down. That's the power of love and the power to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Now, obviously, Isaac, is, is, is he's like... I don't know what's going on here. But this, the son is not in control here of the situation. Jesus obviously is. 
But you see here the obedience, the obedience of Abraham to God and the obedience of, of the Son to the Father. And then this obedience is foretelling the obedience of the Son, Jesus Christ. Father, if possible, let this cup pass me by. He prays in the garden, but not my will. Thine be done. And he teaches us to pray, thy will be done in every prayer. But look at the end. The the, the blessing, the promise that all of Abraham's descendants would fill the earth. And, And this is a promise to us too. He's our father in faith for the Gentiles because he believed God before he was circumcised. And he was the father of, the, of, the, of, of, of all who are circumcised. And he says all the descendants, well, that includes Christ. Look at the genealogy in Matthew's gospel, right? Jesus, son of David, son of Abraham. And it says all the nations will be blessed, will be blessed. This is the blessing of salvation and eternal life in Christ. All the nations would be blessed. Why? Because you obeyed. What brings us salvation? The first Adam disobeyed God and we all inherited sin. But the new Adam, Jesus Christ, obeyed the Father unto death on the cross, foreshadowed by this sacrifice of Isaac, Abraham's willingness to sacrifice him. All of this because he obeyed. The nations will find blessing through the obedience of Abraham. The nations will find even more blessing through the obedience of the son of Abraham, Jesus Christ, the descendant of Abraham. His obedience to the Father unto death on the cross saves us. All the nations then are blessed because Christ becomes head of the body, the church. And the one through whom all nations, through the obedience of faith, find salvation. We have another detail here. Abraham didn't lie when he said to Isaac, when he said to the servants, we're going to go over there and worship. Notice what he said they were going to do. He didn't tell the servants, I'm going to go over there and kill my son. But we're going to go over there and worship. He wasn't lying. Because that's what was going on here. Lord, I don't know. I don't understand. I was barren until I was 100 years old. I laughed at your promise that I would have descendants. Then you gave me a son. Now you want me to kill him? This is is inviting him to a faith which is really beyond human imagining. And yet he does it. That's worship. You and I, we all have to accept circumstances in our life that are absolutely so profoundly, ridiculously confusing. And we're called to believe God has a plan. We're called to believe somehow, as Paul says to the Romans, all things work together for the good of those who are called according to His promise. Somehow, Lord God, somehow. This is going to work out. That's worship. That's worship. When David lost his son, that he had conceived through his adulterous act with Bathsheba, son got ill. David besought God for the child. We reflected on this the other day. He fasted. He prayed. He prostrated himself. But then once once the child died, he got up, washed, dressed, ate, He worshipped. 
What does it say he did after the son died? First thing he did, he worshipped. Because it was like, okay, life is in the hands of God and God alone. If God gives life, I welcome it. I accept it. If I want Him to give life, I pray for it. If He decides not to, I accept that too. There's worship. He's sovereign. He is Lord. His word prevails. So Abraham was right. We're going to go over there and worship. I'm going to worship God by my unspeakable faith and obedience in being ready to sacrifice my own son. Now, people may be confused. Isn't killing wrong? Killing is wrong because we're not God. But God Himself does have life in His hands. God Himself can give and take life. He's God. This is by the command of God. This is not permission to kill our children. And then, of course, God stops Abraham's hand because he wanted to see his faith and obedience. But very moving here also is the wood because the wood symbolizes the wood of the cross. Notice this. He took the wood that he had cut for the burnt offering. And then when they went to the place of worship, Abraham took the wood and laid it on Isaac's shoulders. The way of the cross. The father took the wood of the cross and laid it on the shoulders of his son. And there would be the supreme act of worship at the cross. We gather at the cross to worship. And finally, the question of Isaac didn't end on that day when he said, where's the lamb? Where's the lamb for the sacrifice? Where's the lamb? We have the wood, the knife, the fire. Where's the lamb? And Abraham's answer to that together with the question itself, endured through the centuries until the coming of Christ. Where's the lamb for the sacrifice? Understand what's being said here. Isaiah had prophesied in chapter 25, the Lord will remove the veil that veils all nations, the web that is woven over all nations. He will destroy death forever. All the prophets cried out for God's forgiveness, mercy for their sins. Jeremiah foretold a new covenant, the outpouring of the Spirit. Ezekiel foretold that God would, would, would open the graves of His people and have them rise. They were looking for deliverance from exile. Where's the Lamb? Who's going to be the ultimate sacrifice that will get us out from under the dominion of sin and death? Where is the Lamb? And then one day John the Baptist, by the shores of the, the Jordan River, points out to the people, Look, we say these words in every Mass, Behold, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. There's the answer to Abraham's question, Isaac's question, Abraham's promise that God would provide the Lamb. He did. The sacrifice that washes away all sin, the sacrifice that fulfills all the sacrifices of the old law, the sacrifices, the sacrifice that opens our graves. 
God will provide the lamb. Yes, He will. Yes, He did. He provided His own Son, the Lamb of God. And He brings us life. Let us pray. Behold the Lamb. May we behold Him again today, Lord God. We behold Him with faith. We rejoice in the sacrifice by which we have life. And we ask, Lord God, that the whole world will embrace the faith that Abraham displayed, will live the trust that he embraced, and will see the Lamb that he knew you would provide. And we pray as that Lamb taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you as you serve the Lamb of God, the gospel of life. And we'll be back with you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.